Hey, y'all. And on this episode of the All Caught Up podcast, I am chatting with author Erica Darnell. Erica has just finished and published a book called The Gathering of Souls. And I'm excited to talk to her today about the process of writing this book, about what it's like to be a mom and writing a book and how it is to be so intensely focused in something and then having to pull yourself away. She took some breaks while writing a book, which just tells you all about seasonal balance. It's really an interesting story. So check this episode out. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the All Caught Up podcast. I'm Kelly Hayes-Smith, productivity specialist and transformation coach. If you are a fempreneur who's ready to ditch the overwhelm, stop playing catch up, and create a game plan to rock your biggest goals, well, you're in the right place. Each week, we'll be chatting work-life balance, productivity tips and strategies, and how to keep all the balls in the air without feeling like the whole world's spinning. Are you ready to put your feet on the floor? Let's get started. Okay, y'all, I know you have heard me talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about Core 4 and what it's done for me and what it's done for my clients and how it can help you strategize, prioritize, and create structure in your life. But this month on September 19th, I am hosting a free live Core 4 Masterclass, and I want you in there with me. I want you to come and get all the resources, learn how to build your Core 4, how to use it, and get started on the right foot by building your strategies in time management with priority, intention, and purpose. Click the link in the show notes to get on the list, get the invite, and get in the doors. I hope I'll see you there. Hey, Erica, and welcome to the All Caught Up Podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy. This is a real a treat. Um, I told you a second ago that what you've done is on a bucket list for me. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. Can you introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. I am Erica Darnell. Uh, I am a mom of two children. I have a husband, Amos, and I have two dogs. I um, recently published a book called The Gathering of Souls. That's so cool. That is so cool. So was this your first, I guess, I mean, I feel like author, that's an entrepreneurial thing. Is this your first like entrepreneurial step or have you owned a business before? It's certainly my first okay. <laughs> entrepreneurial step. I okay. have been a sign language interpreter before, um, which is kind of a contract position. I do have to manage my own schedule. Um, it's flexible, but I, I wasn't the one arranging everything in that schedule. But this is definitely a different type thing. And I'm really excited to talk to you. You've got such an interesting story. First off, sign language is really close to my heart. When I was in elementary school, we had um, some, some deaf kids that were, and we were all kind of kept, four or five of us girls were kept with them all through school. And so we learned sign language all through until high school, she went to a deaf school. So um, I learned it as a kid. I can't, I mean, I'm not fluent. I can spell it if I can't. If I don't know the word for it, I can spell it. But um, that's very, like, I love that. And so I think that's really cool as well. But you wrote a freaking book. That is amazing. Tell me, you told me a minute ago it was fiction. What is it about? It's a supernatural thriller. And um, 
it, it kind of air, well, I don't want to say airs. It's, it's on the dark side of books, you know, maybe a little bit. Um, it's got the supernatural aspect with the underlying spiritual tones. And uh, it's about an organization, uh, an online organization that is harvesting human souls through their memberships. So you become a member and don't realize that that's what you're signing up to do. And that is the only way out is for your soul to be harvested by the organization called the gathering of souls. Wow. Like I, that's, that's first off my teenage son would love it. This is like right up his alley. And that is, that's really interesting. What gave you the idea for this? Years ago, I was watching, um, it, it's based on a true story. Honestly, I was watching a, a news special and a family was mourning the death of a daughter who had joined um, a group online. And the purpose of the group online was to convince people to take their, their lives or find ways to do it. Do you leave a note? Do you not? Which is a really touchy subject, especially now with COVID having happened and suicide rates are, are increasing. I mean, um, mental health issues are just... Mm -hmm we're really all working on awareness because who has not been in a sticky situation where you're like, you know, what am I going to do this? It feels like there's no way out. And this, um, internet, uh, website, excuse me, the website really took advantage of the girl in that situation. Mm -hmm. And the family was upset because they said, you know, there were no crisis hotlines offered. There were, there were no alternatives on the website. It made, her think this was it. And so they were trying to sue the website and um, I believe they lost the lawsuit because it, it ended up being a freedom of speech thing, um, which is unfortunate, but it just really made me think, you know, what if you were in a, a horrible situation where you're, you're in that dark place and you make a decision and it leads you down this path that you really can't get out of, but there's even, there's something more sinister lurking there. There's, there's something running that website that wants more than just to, to have you freely take your life. What if you decide you don't want to while you're part of that website and you try to get out and you can't. And so they make you look like you did it when you didn't. So it starts off with, Molly Gregory, uh, who doesn't, her choice is to not take her own life, but how she loses her soul in the process and how her sister then finds out and comes into play to help rescue her soul. That's, that's really interesting. And talking about it from a mental health point, I, I'm a huge mental health advocate. I had severe postpartum anxiety and depression after my last baby so who was three and a half. Yeah. And you know, I had, I mean, it's a long story, but I had had some bouts of anxiety and depression in the past, but not ever like this. And honestly, my anxiety was far worse than the depression. It was, it was a constant fear. He was born in our middle of a really bad flu season. And my triggers are all around my kids getting sick. So COVID has been super fun over that whole situation. <laughs> but, um, you know, but you're talking about the the mental health aspects of COVID, but also let's talk about a minute. You're you're a mom of two. You have also been a foster mom. Yes. And so 
moms, I think, are really susceptible to mental health issues. And, you know, that we have to give up all of who we are to be mom or we're not a good mom. If we are not all mom and lose ourselves, then we are selfish or not a good mom. You know what I mean? And so we, that I think we fall victim to mental health issues a lot because we are in a society where we're told take care of yourself and you're selfish. So be a good mom and don't take care of you. And that is not good for our mental health. So I think books like this and anything that we can read that kind of brings awareness to what are we doing? Like, why, why are we there? And are we in a situation that we need to get back out of? That's such an important part. Yeah, it really is. Um, so let's talk. So yes, this podcast is about um, productivity. And I really am interested to talk to you about this. So tell me about um, fostering and like bringing new kids into the home. I This is not a topic we've talked about on the podcast. So I'm really excited. We talk about being mom all the time. And I think being mom is hard enough. But then you bring in other kids who have very different needs and very different um life situations that have brought them here and you're also trying to keep your house running what is that situation like you really have to be very fluid i I mean there's you have to be able to fly by the seat of your pants there are you just don't know what's going to happen really because you can have i mean a child on paper is is nothing that's just a piece of paper that lets me know what they've been through, but that's just not who they are as a whole, as a person and a human. And when they come into the home, you're most likely not the first home that they've been in. And so they have their own baggage and fears of, is this going to be like the home before where, you know, I thought it was going to work and it didn't, or, um, and, and you also have, I have our child in the mix as well, who's used to his home running a certain way. And he's seven. So we had an older, a 16 year old come in and um, he had never been around teenagers. So, you know, it it just, it adds a whole new dynamic that you just kind of have to be fluid with and, and let them know and and be willing to change. You know, I'd never parented a teen before. I've I've parented a seven-year-old. The the rules are really different. Yeah, yes, yes. (laughs) Much less control over what is happening. And, and, you know, just like any teen, they're going to have attitudes some days. They're going to have days where they just hate everything and and there's no cheering them up. And so days like that are, are tough, but you my husband and I both would sit down and be like, well, this is a rule that we said we were going to have, but it's really causing more problems than necessary. And I, I don't think it's a rule that like, it's a hill we want to die on. Do you want to die on that hill? And he's like, nah. And I'm like, okay, me neither. Let's, let's toss this one and make another one. So sometimes that was good. And sometimes that was bad. Cause it was hard for her to also adjust. Like, you know, she was like, I just adjusted to that role. And yeah, can't, we, we decided we're not doing that. So. <laughs> Here's something else. But I love that because I talk about a lot about auditing and in our systems for business and even in our home. And what you're talking about is auditing. And I love that because when we create routines, I'm all about productivity, but when we create routines and we're doing the same thing over and over every day, that's great and all, but if it's not working, 
it's not working. So being able and learning to know yourself, your family and your situation, your environment well enough to know, I need to reassess this and maybe make a change, throw it out, change the way I'm doing it. That to me is a huge thing for productivity and a huge thing inside the home to understand, hey, this isn't working. If you've got a kid who your bedtime is set at 10.30 or 11 o'clock, you've got a I've got a teenager as well, and say bedtime is 10.30 or 11, and they're really struggling to get up in the morning. Do we keep doing the same thing and just fuss because they're not getting up? Or do we reassess what time we're going to bed? I mean, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is by definition, the definition of insanity, right? Like that's, that's what it is. So I love that you're talking about the reassessment because I think that's so important in everything that we do. I agree 100%. That is, that's such a, a thing. Now, do you have, is she still with you all or? We ended up adopting. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So she's forever you. with you. Yeah. I love that. It was official in December. That's amazing. Congratulations. And I know she won the lottery. That's awesome. Let's talk about working, like writing the book. So how long were you writing this book? Several years. Um, we, there were things in life that popped up that I don't want to say were distracting, but changed the season that I was in. You know? uh, yes. <laughs> I think anybody can really relate to that. Yeah. So this was thankfully the kind of project that I could be like, you know, I have a newborn right now and I am so tired and I can't, I can't write anymore. I have three chapters. I need 20 more and I don't have what it takes mentally to mm -hmm. produce a book right now. So I took a break and then, so I would say a couple of years to, to get it really all together and ready for publish. Um, and I, but I'm really glad that I took my time with it because I think if I hadn't taken those breaks when I needed them, when I needed to be a toddler mom, when I needed to be an infant mom, I, I, I wouldn't have done as well with the project. That's uh, okay. So we're going to, we're going to, really hone in on that because this is a huge topic for me. And it's been something I have been talking about like as loudly as I can on Instagram and on here and everywhere that anybody will listen to me. Being burned out is unproductive. We can keep pushing through, but we will not give our best work period. That is in what you are writing. That is in your, if somebody's got a business, I have coaching clients. If I am coaching clients, they're not getting my best work if I'm completely burnt out. But in turn, my family's not getting the best version of me either. My kids aren't getting their best mom. My husband's not getting his best wife. I am not getting the best me. So if I, if burnout means that nobody's getting my best, why am I doing it? And I think that that's so important. And when you talked about taking a step back in the season you're in, that is like gold because we have to remember, I, I know there's a lot of people that don't believe in balance. I'm a balance. I believe in balance and my life needs balance. Like I have to feel in sync and balanced out. But balance to me does not look like 50-50 or 25-25-25-25. It looks like what needs to take the forefront right now. And sometimes that's family and sometimes that's business and sometimes that's me, but it changes based on the season I'm in. So, you know, let's talk a little bit more about that. So when you're writing, did, I assume you had a baby 
there while you were writing the book? Yeah. yeah. We actually adopted my son too outside okay. of the foster system, but adopted as an infant. So, um, so you became a, a, an infant yes. mom, a newborn yes. mom. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. What does that look like? Did you stop altogether? Did you kind of keep going, but it's in the background? How did that, what did that look like for you? It was more in the background for me. So it became, instead of sitting down and writing a chapter or two, it became a note card of, in this chapter, I need this to happen. In this chapter, I need this to happen. In this chapter, I need to tie these note cards together somehow. Um, and that's all. It just became kind of a loose outline so that when I did sit down, I could remember because, you know, when you're exhausted and, you know, you have a young child, like your brain is so frazzled. So I, I needed something to help me remember what I had thought of during that time, the ideas that I thought of, because writing down the ideas for me is important. And even now, I still I'm glad that I started doing that. It really helped through uh, Asher's infancy and, and toddlerhood, because now even I'll be sitting in the car with my husband and I'll be like, uh, just one second. Hey, Siri, make a note. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I make notes for myself. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Me asking her to do stuff. To it. So, but I feel like that is so important for people to hear. What you're telling me is you were writing a book. And while it was impossible for that book to be the center stage with a newborn, it doesn't mean that you can't do anything. It means that you start preparing yourself when that can become forefront. And that is so important, I feel like, for people to hear because our season changes regularly, right? So I have, I we have, I have an adopted son. He's 20 something and out of the house. We got him when he was in his teen years. Um, and so he's a he is married that got married this year and out of the house. I have a 14 year old who um, is a freshman in high school and I have a three year old. So like we started over and then we started over and then we started over three times. And um, so I'm in very different seasons with my high schooler and the toddler, but the toddler I've stayed home since um, he was born and worked from home and he's going to pre-K next year. As soon as he can get vaccinated, he may go to preschool now. So um, he's go he goes to pre-K for sure next year. And I'm gonna have five days a week of like six hours, four to six hours a day of working time. My life and business will change drastically during that time because I have different time. But it doesn't mean that I can't work my business now. It just means it will look differently next year. And I think that we forget about that and that we are in control of what our routines look like. And we get to make the decision of what we're doing. That is the best part of having a business. And I know that writing a book is basic. I mean, it's it's having a business because now your business is to promote it and to sell it and and maybe give you another one and that kind of thing. So it's, it's become a business, right? And the reason we do these things is so that we can have that freedom. So we can't chain ourselves to this like rigid structure or throw all structure out the window and just say, whatever. There has to be some sort of structure in the home. And I feel like especially bringing a foster kid in, that has to feel like they need structure, right? 
they really do. Structure is of utmost importance. So tell me what it looks like going from, so when did you finish the book? I finished the book about a year ago. Well, let me back up. I finished writing the book about a year ago, maybe two. And then I started entering it in competitions. And then I started submitting to literary agents and um, publishers and researching what I would do if, you know, because my plan was I'm going to take a year and see if this gets picked up, if it wins an award, if it's, if it's got some credentials kind of attached to it to make it more appealing to somebody who wants to invest in it. Um, so I gave myself that time and I was like, but what's my plan <laughs> if that doesn't happen? I've got the if then going on. Yeah. Um, so I did decide, you know, if that doesn't happen, it doesn't get pub you know published uh, by a, a bricks and mortar kind of place, then I'm going to go the Amazon route and sure. see what happens there. So I kind of had a plan in place and then what happened was that I, the thing that I didn't expect was once I was on the publication path, <laughs> it became sitting at my computer like eight hours a day for two weeks. The, the schedule for me totally changed because it had to become the focus. And I'm not going to lie. I, my seven-year-old probably ate like 28 hot dogs during that time. <laughs> but he survived it. He He's did. Like, He's okay. Alive. <laughs> he's alive okay. um my kids live it on pirate booty right now because <laughs> so i mean I, he's still here we're good and that that so it becomes different right you enter a new season so you did get picked up then you did get picked up by a publisher i am on amazon now yeah That's i'm, I'm amazing. super excited about it it's just congratulations it's just dream come true super awesome and the best part is i'm getting awesome reviews because to me Nobody wants to tell a story that somebody doesn't love, that somebody gets to the end of a chapter and says, you know, I could put this down and not pick it back up. It's just not a story worth reading if that's how you feel as a reader. So now I'm getting the feedback of I was up till 2 a.m. I could not put your book down. And just, I love it. That goes. It's so worth it. Bounce, it like just yes. And so now that I'm in I'm in a different season <laughs> where I'm doing I'm setting up um, interviews like this one. Yes. I'm setting up, I'm setting up um, signings and meet the author gatherings and doing the marketing kind of aspect of everything while uh, processing the next book in the series because it is a series. That's awesome. And that season changes. And so we, I, we talked a little bit about this, but tell me, so when you're writing, when you're writing the book, you don't have all, you know, you have one job and that is, to write the book. Yes. And in the business sense, you have the one job. You still have kids and husband and house. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I, you add all of that stuff in too, but, but in your business, you had one job. I'm doing this. And I feel like a lot of the listeners for this podcast can, can uh, relate to that because at one point it was like, okay, one job. Then we grow and it's like, oh my gosh, now what do I do with my hands? Like, what do I do now? I can't, and I, now I can't get caught up. Tell me what that looks like. What does it look like for you going from, okay, I just have to finish the book and then I have to shop it to the publishers. But now I have to write the new book. I have to market this book and I have all of these other things going on. What does that look like? And how does that change the dynamic at home? 
sorry. He's yeah, no, please don't apologize. It's okay. It's really loud. Real life. Don't even worry about the okay. It's all good. Like this is work from home life, y'all. This is just what it is. For real. For real. Um. So now, to me, it's feeling like a whole bunch of balls in the air, right? And I daily, for example, um, when I was talking with somebody from the press, they were like, "Hey, send me your press kit," and I was in the middle of working on everything else. And I was like, a press kit, of course. Yes, I'd be happy to send you that. And, you know, hung up after a lovely conversation. And I turned to my husband and I was like, hey, what are you doing right now? Because I, I have to make a press kit. <laughs> so he, he literally threw that together for me. And you know, it just so happened that he had the time, thankfully. Um, or, you know, with a, we're, we're doing flyers and things like that. And that is something I'm not good at. I'm, I am horrible at picture stuff and, and making things look good. And, and I don't know how to put a QR code on something. Sadly, I, we all know what they are now after COVID it's, you know, we know QR codes because of restaurants. So I was like, I need a QR code. And my husband was like, Oh, that'll take like five minutes. I was like, awesome. It really sounds to me like you kind of signed up for that because you have five <laughs> minutes, right? <laughs> so delegating helps a lot. Yes. And things like, like you said, the home and things like that, that are, I, I don't want that to fall through the cracks, but I can't keep it perfect. So yes. I have somebody who comes out and cleans my house, but, um, I think I told you when we were emailing back and forth, my, my pantry is not uh, in baskets and organized with chalkboard signs. Yeah, no, it's no. never going to, that's never going to be my no. pantry. I love people who can do that. Cause I walk in what? and I'm like, man, this is awesome. Your pantry is just really great to stand in. I don't have time for that. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that is something that I like preach. I, in the membership this past, not this past week, but the week before that, we did a training. I So I have what I call my core four, and it's what the basis of everything that I teach is based on. And it's that you get four top priorities. You get four areas in your life that are your top four priorities, and you those come first. But then you also have to have priorities inside those priorities because your best laid plans will get messed up. We have kids. There's too much life, things happen. So what are the things that are negotiable and non-negotiable inside there? You know, like some of my clients will have family of courses on most people's core four. And one of their non-negotiables will be three times a week, we eat dinner at the table. I don't care if I had to order for pizza delivery. When the pizza gets here, we stop what we're doing and we eat it together at the table. Now my family is not an eat at the table kind of family, but a lot. if that's, if that's your thing, if that's your non-negotiable, you can say, if nothing else, I can do that three times a week. I have the thing about breaking a sweat. I need to break a sweat every day. But sometimes that looks like a 35, 45 minute Peloton ride. Sometimes that looks like a walk around the block with a stroller to calm a toddler down. I just need to break a sweat. Best laid plans. And I think that's what you're talking about. But here's the other kicker. Delegation and outsourcing 
is the only way to go. And I understand that outsourcing seems scary because it feels like an investment, especially when people are on that first level of business. But I, I say this often, sometimes you have to outsource it to your future self because sometimes it just means I can't do that right now. So let's put a pin in it and I'll come back to it at another point. Tell me what it felt like to start letting go, like having someone clean your house. That is a, like, I love that. One of the things I just don't want to do. Yeah, I, having somebody clean my house goes a long way for me because just picking up and tidying is, is difficult. And I, I read, um, it's been a while, but I read an article on how when you are tidying up, because I'm not a good tidier, you, you don't move something from one place to another. You move it from the place that it doesn't go to the place that it goes. You touch it one time. You don't move the laundry to another room to fold. You touch it one time. You fold it, and then you take it to the rooms that it goes to. It goes in the drawers. And that is something that helped me immensely. Mm -hmm. Um, so then having a cleaner come in after I've got at least the tidying part done is, is super, super helpful because I operate better when I don't see things that need to be done around me. I distracting things like, uh, the counters need to be wiped down or just simple things like that just making it easier because, and like you said, you have to have your priorities. I, I, right now we don't have somebody that's cleaning the house and I set aside um, one day a week to do like the bulk, but if it doesn't happen, I have priorities. So the few things that I have to do regardless is making a bed, making the beds, making sure the laundry's done and having it straightened up. If I don't dust and I need to walk by and blow the dresser off, then I can live with that. It's th that doesn't bother me. But having a huge mess does. I don't function. My anxiety doesn't function well in it. So those are, I know the priorities. If my plan, if all goes according to plan, I know what my plan is. But if it doesn't, I know what my priorities are to make sure that I can get it done. Something else that I read on your stuff is that you don't love doing social media. So you talked about that, but your husband does, right? Yes, he He's a big social media guy. I, 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 I didn't really have much of a presence on social media until the past couple of months because we were fostering and we, I just didn't have the time. And so something for me, I actually deleted it from my phone because it wasn't filling me up. It was something that was taking away from me instead of, you know, when my son was a toddler and stuff, I was like, oh, look, I'm still connected to people. Like it was an encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, but the past couple of years, it, it's not been an encouragement to me. People can be ugly. And that took from me. And I would sit down my phone feeling disappointed in humanity <laughs> and sad. And I just thought, gosh, I, why am I spending time on something that's taking from my tank? And so I took social media completely off of my phone and uh, then, you know, got around to this part of my life and was informed that I need a really strong social media presence. And I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. I'm going to do so good at that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I did get help there. Yeah. But you outsource to your husband. He does a lot of it. He does. He does about 25% of my uh, 
social media stuff. And see, that is another thing that I think we forget. Sometimes outsourcing needs to look like my husband is helping. So I joke all the time with my clients. I'm like, my IT guy's working on it. Well, my husband is a, he's an, assistant principal. Yeah, he's an assistant principal, but he has been very involved in technology inside the classroom. So when it comes to picking the right mic for the podcast or making sure everything's hooked up so that my computers talk to each other or, um, uh, this Google drive thing's not working. I can't figure this out. I can send it to him and he can fix it. Why would I start Googling that problem when I know he can fix it? We forget about our immediate circle can also be part of our team. And it doesn't just go for business. So you outsourced a lot of your social media to your husband and I talk about my IT going to mine, but it can also be like, Hey, mom's got a lot on her plate with business this week. My teenager could pick up a couple of extra chores and it won't hurt them. Like it'll be just fine. And I also joke to people all the time. I'm like, if you feel a need to vacuum your house every day, perhaps it's time to delegate that to a robot and buy a Roomba. Like, I mean, there are a lot of ways to delegate. There are a lot of ways to outsource that don't involve like thousands upon thousands of dollars. You just have to be creative with it. And I love that you talk about the fact that you have a lane, you have a zone of genius. And the best way for you to be productive is to live in that zone. Yeah, definitely. Because nobody else could write your book for you. That's all you. That's that's your zone of genius, right? And that it's okay to not be able to do all the things, but you can have people around you that do that. And it, it comes in various forms. I absolutely love that. So I feel like writing a book would be one of the most, the things that takes just the most focus and the most intense intentionality because you know we youtube's full of like story plots from tv shows and stuff like that uh, plot holes not story plots plot holes from tv shows or whatever so when you're writing a story it has to be on point so tell me a few of the tips that you have for people who need to just focus better especially when they're involved with like kids and home and and life at the same time Sometimes, especially if the kids are home, it's best to just get away and uh, somewhere quiet. There's so many places with Wi-Fi now. You really don't need Wi-Fi to write a book. But if you got to research in the middle of writing your book, it's helpful because, you know, if you're like, huh, I wonder if this would really happen. I got to check into that before I put that in here. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you can go down that rabbit hole while you're in the middle of trying to hit a word count goal. Um, and stepping away and just getting into this because I am in the zone and my family even knows I'm very attentive and and loving and I give them their times when it's their time to have it but when I am writing if you try to talk to me you're not going to get a lot back from me because it takes me away it, it takes me away from that zone it's I I can't. And then bouncing back into it is really difficult. So often what I'll do is I'll wear um, my AirPods and I'll play some classical music in the background. So I even if I hear it, if there's no bloody noses or anything happening, I pretty much ignore it because they'll go ask dad. They, they're going to be they're going to be OK. There's two parents here. Right. So I just really I'll sit down and I'll focus on the time that I'm there 
And then when I'm done, I'm done. And even then, though, it requires some fluidity because I'll walk away and I'll be sitting with my husband doing something and he'll he'll be like, you are not here. And I'll say, I I know it's just I was going in this really great place and I had to stop because it was time to stop. But I'm still there (laughs) in my mind. I really need to go finish this or it's going to bother me. And I'll go back and finish it. If I'm in a, if I'm okay, there's, there was something I had planned to do here, but it wasn't, it's not a huge deal for me to set that aside. I got to get this out there or it's going to bother me. And I'm not going to be 100% present in the thing I'm supposed to be doing anyway. And that I feel like is so important. That's exactly what you're talking about is priority planning. Like if knowing what has to get done, what's non-negotiable versus what can or can't, is the key to productivity success because sometimes you have to say it doesn't matter what I cross off it matters that it did it get done to the best of my ability um, something else so these are like some mom tips that you shared with me that I really I really love something so simple so we all are looking for time with kids and quality time and you talked about that you have when you do pickup you don't, you're all there. They know they get mom-centered time to and from school. And that's that to me is a huge, a huge hunk because if you are with your kids all the time, but you're also with Instagram or Facebook, they would much rather have 20 minutes of you completely focused on them than three hours of you in and out. Tell me about those things that you do. Yeah. um, (laughs) Another thing I do, uh, aside from doing the chunking of time with pick up and drop off is I, (laughs) husband's using the kitchen. Um, (laughs) Aside from that, I also um, play video games with my seven-year-old. My husband and I will take turns. And I have to tell you, I do not like the video games that he that he chooses. I I am not a fan of Fortnite. I it's okay, but, but he could talk about it all day long. Oh, yeah. I know I know about his Midas skin and how it turns his boat gold when he touches it, and he'll tell me to jump into the boat and then jump back out, and then usually I'm I'm getting shot by somebody, and I you know he revives me most of the time that we're playing, but it's time that he loves he loves it and and it also part of I think that time of really just being with them is I want to hear what is important to him in his seven-year-old world right now no matter how mind-numbing it is for me (laughs) admittedly it's important to him and if I don't listen to him now when he's talking about things that are important to him like his Midas skin or his Mandalorian skins, what makes me think he's going to talk to me about the things that are important to him later? Yeah, I I think that's so important. And like finding those, those times that you can be there, because again, they would rather have quality time than a crazy amount of quantity time, right? Like if you spend 30 minutes playing a video game, that beats the pants off of two hours when you're sitting in the same room, but you're not really there. And then, you know, and I don't mean we can move on from being a mom. That's not what I mean. But like, if you really set that aside, that time to be really in that moment, 
then they'll go on and do their thing and you can go on and do your thing and you feel like you've actually connected rather than trying to multitask both things at the same time and you don't feel connected to them and you're not actually in the moment on what you're doing. It just being able to, it's not compartmentalizing, but it kind of is. It's like really turning and focusing and being present in the moment you're in and then being able to move to another moment and be fully present there. And I think those tips are so wonderful. Um, and I, I love, I love what you're saying there because I just think that's so important. And I started taking my high schooler to school this year. Um, and it's just me and him The that's not the right to say that him and me. I don't know, whatever. Um, you, you can correct my grammar. It's okay. Um, my mother would, but, um, it's his brother's not with us. So it's just the two of us. He was 11 when we had the toddler. And so it was a real big shock to his world. And so even though he's 14, that 20 minute, 15 minute drive to school, and it's just the two of us, he literally talks my ear off. And I can tell he, he just appreciates that so much because originally that wasn't the plan. And now it's like, oh yeah, that has to stay the plan because it's been so good for him. And so I, I love what you're saying about that and just doing what they, what makes them happy um, is so, so important. Okay. This has been, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I really, I, I love the story. I'm going to have to make sure that I get this book for my, my son for sure. I want to read it too, but like, this is going to be right up his alley. He loves anything like that um, as well. So tell everybody where they can find information about you, signings, meet the authors, um, where's all of your stuff posted on social and where can they find your book? You can find my book on Amazon. Uh, it's called The Gathering of Souls. And uh, it's also on Kindle Unlimited. So if, if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, it's totally there and it doesn't cost you anything. You can just read it. I also have um, the book on Goodreads. So if you're the kind of person, because really we readers overdo ourselves and we have books and books and books that we're planning to read, right? we got a list. It's not like you're going to just pick up a book and right away start reading it. You've got a list on Goodreads, add it there, and then you can buy it on Amazon when you're ready. Um, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be a few different places. I'm touring in Illinois and Indiana in the beginning of September, and I don't have anything set in stone here yet, but I'm working on it. So if you do want to meet me, you have the book, you want to come out and meet me, you want me to sign it, or if you just really want to pick my brain, like, hey, what's the next one going to be about, you know, and <laughs> you want to try to get me to slip up and, and give myself away, you you go for it. You go on out, you come and meet me. Um, you can follow me on er Erica Darnell Author. Uh, that's Facebook. And then I, on, I think it's Erica Darnell dot author on Instagram. And then just ericadarnell.com is uh, my website because some people are like me and don't want a whole bunch of social media going on. So if you're like, I just need an email when your next book comes out, go to ericadarnell.com and sign up for the email. And that's the only information you will get is when the next book is out. So I try to cater to everybody who, you know, what you're, the amount of interaction that you're wanting. That's, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. When is the next book coming out? 
I don't know yet. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, thanks so, so much for hanging out with me today. This was amazing. You guys go follow Erica, check that book out on Amazon. And Erica, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you. That's it, y'all. You're all caught up for the week. Make sure to subscribe so you can stay the same for next week. I'll talk to you soon.